You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Morning. Morning. So let's get started. I'd like to start today by uh, talking about a person from the Old Testament named Moses. Now Moses had watched as God moved in, in his people. And these were a bunch of slaves. They were a bunch of misfits. And he saw all this incredible stuff going on, all these miracles and the glory. He he's watched them go from just a bunch of crazy people into an organized people. Then kind of climax, because then he opens the Red Sea, brings them across, and now they form a nation. He feeds them from heaven. He gives them water from the desert. He sees all these incredible miracles. He watches then. He finally he goes up to a mountain to meet with God. And with, after all of this, what does he say? Show me your glory. See, Moses, he had to know God in deep in his heart. He had to know his essence, who he really is. He wanted to know him deeper and deeper and deeper. Not just about God, he needed to know God. So he says to him, in this deep hunger to understand him, he says, show me your glory. And then God answers, I will cause my goodness to pass in front of you. And I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. That's from Exodus 33. God didn't substitute glory with goodness, but from goodness, mercy, and compassion springs forth his glory. And so as we step into the compassion of God, we step into the glory of God. And when we step into the glory of God, we step into his compassion. Because the compassion is the nature of God, and the nature of God is glorious. This morning we're going to step a little bit into the compassion of Jesus Christ. And we're going to hear some of his great glory revealed in him. So let's just pray for a real quick second. God, we ask that you release your heart to us today. That we'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. To know your presence with us as you guide us into a deeper understanding of your heart for us. Cause your face to shine on us this morning as you pour revelation into our minds and our hearts. Bless everyone here today in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Actually, this morning and then through worship also, I got a word that... That if, it's, if, it's, if it works for you, please listen. He's saying, you're struggling to get to know me intellectually through all, and you're trying to push through the mysteries. And he's saying, I'll reveal that as you push into me personally and relationally. So if that's where you're kind of at, you're just like trying to get to know who Jesus is intellectually, he's saying, I'll reveal that to you as you get to know me as a person. So that's a word I got. I don't know if that applies to anyone. But before we start talking about the compassion of Jesus, this, since we just got through with the holidays, this was a little section I thought was really interesting. Mary, before Jesus was born, she, she was so thrilled to be you know, pregnant with Jesus, she wrote this, this song. Some of us call it a prayer. And if you're raised Catholic, we call it the Magnificent. And a little section of that said... He has lifted up the humble. 
and has filled the hungry with good things. Good things. Such good things God has in store for those who are hungry. You know, Jesus must have heard that song over and over again. Both in the womb and as he was a baby. I can imagine Mary holding this baby and just singing that song to him. That he's going to be filling the hungry with good things. For me, the word hungry means more than just something in my belly. I just think of what we hunger for. And he says, I'm going to fill what you hunger for with good things. So let's move into the passage of the day. One of the passages. We're going to start in Matthew 14, verses 13, 13 through 21. A very, very familiar passage. When Jesus heard what had happened... By the way, that refers to when John the Baptist was beheaded. Okay, He withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. So this means he took a boat out into the sea to get away from everybody. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed them their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, We don't need to send them to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them to me, he said, and he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples, pick, disciples picked up twelve basketful of broken pieces that were left over. Those, the number of those who ate was about 5,000 men, plus women and children. Now the first thing we see here, by the way, is the healing of the sick is not a demonstration of power. It's a demonstration of compassion. The compassion preceded the, the healing. So as we, our prayer for the sick is not to show God's power. Our prayer for the sick is to show God's graciousness and compassion. So we never heal the sick to prove something, but instead to give something. Good. Notice also the disciples actually initiated the moment. They come to Jesus. They're the ones who said, we need to wrap this thing up. These people are hungry. You know, it really took a little bit of guts. Look up to Jesus and go, hey, nice talking all, but you know, this has got to come to an end. <laughs> you felt that, haven't you? So, and, and so, this comes from their heart for the people. I oftentimes hear this sermon, I forget people are, are, are criticizing the apostles, and they're not. They started the whole ball. So, Jesus feeds them, and then notice how much, what was left over, 12 baskets. By the way, the word basket here is like a harvest basket. So it would go up to about the middle of their back. So it would, then we would fill things, it would go all the way to the ground to the back. 12 baskets. So obviously what that represents to any Jew would be the 12 tribes. And baskets that are full, that would represent the nature of God, his sufficiency, his provision. So Jesus, in essence, is saying, I am enough to fill all the needs of Israel. All of Israel that's broken, all that's in pain, all that lacks, I am more than enough. And they saw this healing, they heard his words, and now he feeds them, and that's really an important sign for them. Now we're going to move down the road, though. Let's go to chapter 15, in a different place. 
and it's 15, 29 through 38. Jesus left there and went along the Sea of Galilee. And by the way, this is kind of where their sermon's coming to. Then he went up to a mountainside and sat down. Great crowds came to him, bringing the lame and the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others. And they laid them at his feet, and he healed them. The people were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled made well, the lame walking, and the blind seeing. And they praised the God of Israel. Jesus calls his disciples to him and says, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry. They may collapse on the way. The disciples answered, where do we get bread in this remote place to feed such a crowd? So Jesus asked, how many loaves do you have? Seven, they said, and a few small fish. He told the crowd to sit down on the ground. Then he took the seven loaves and the fish. And when he gave thanks, he broke them and gave them to the disciples. And they in turn to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. Afterwards, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate were 4,000 men besides men, women and children. Now this is, this is not happening in Israel. This is in a Gentile area called the Decapolis, a little cluster of 10 cities. These are 10 cities, they're, they're Gentiles with a Greek, Greek influence. So what we're going to look at here is over here in one location, we can have great compassion, but we get a different people group in a different location, and maybe our compassion starts to wane or change. So if you look at this, by the way, if you look at those healings in verse 31, I hope it's still up there, it says the people were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled made well, the lame walking, and the blind seeing. This is directly from Isaiah 35, the, prediction, the, the uh, prophecy of the, the coming Messiah. So Jesus is revealing um, the Messiah to these people. And if you notice it, he's, he's the one who initiates it. Jesus says, I'm the one who has compassion for these people. Now the disciples on the other occasion, after how long was it? One day. They have compassion. How many days was this one? Three days. And they don't say a word. Now, I'll get off track for a second, but amazingly, three days Jesus is healing people. Three days straight. Don't miss that part. Okay, anyway. So, and then Jesus even has to repeat it, doesn't he? Three days they've been with me. He's kind of like, come on, fellas, get a hint. They're not in Israel. Jesus is worried about that they're going to faint. They've just watched what they have done. They just saw him healing. And they see the people praising the exact word. Praising the God of Israel. No joy. Unmoved. Now why would that be? Well, for a real short history, as you remember, they went into the promised land. And you look in Deuteronomy 7. And it says, when the when the Lord our God brings you into the land you are entering to possess and drives out before you many nations, the Hittites, the Girgashites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, Jebusites, seven larger and stronger than you. When the Lord your God has delivered them for over to you and you have defeated them, then you must destroy them totally. Well, if you remember, that never totally happened. 
And so these were, the, the, some people refer to these as, as the nations or the tribes of Canaan. They, that's, these were the descendants of those people. In this region, Jews didn't enter. They hated these people. They were considered unclean. So this is oh, clean and demonic. Do you remember the first time Jesus went in that area? You pro probably, it, okay, I, didn't, I don't have verses for this one. Okay, Jesus was on the boat, remember, big storm, and the, all the disciples, we're drowning, we're drowning. They all said, Jesus, we're going to drown. So then he calms the storm, brings them to shore, and what does he see? A possessed man. You remember that? I, I just see the apostles. Bring us through this storm for this guy? So this possessed guy, he's cutting himself, breaking chains, doing all this kind of stuff. The people were terrified of him. And he's got thousands of demons in him. They called themselves legion. How many people remember this story? All right. Then the demons ask to be delivered where? Pigs. Pigs. Pig people. They actually, he requested this because they use pigs in their worship. They, they sacrifice pigs in their worship. They, they worship pigs. They ate pigs. These people, they're like pigs. <laughs> and so they thought they were disgusting. See, the disciples wanted nothing to do with a people or this land that Jesus had taken them into. These people don't deserve compassion. That's their heart. They're a different race, a different nationality, they're a different religion, and they are a different culture. It's as if they're saying to Jesus, okay, Jesus, this one's on you. We have nothing to do with this one. And there Jesus stands. I have compassion for these people. Feed them. And what's their response? Where are we going to get bread? <laughs> and you use the term this remote place. I bet they had other words for this, this area. And I'm, Jesus has got to be sitting there going, Come on, fellas. You're going to have to do a little better. Because remember last week? And so then he asks them, he has, to, he has to ask them, How much do you have? And they say, I bet they look like little kids. They, you know how little shy kids are about giving their age? How many you have? This many. And hold up their fingers. And a few fish. We don't even tell them how many. I would have loved to have seen their faces when Jesus asked them that. And, and they probably looked at each other and go, oh, he's going to do the loaves and fishes thing again here for these folks. So when it was over, okay, how many baskets did they have? Seven. What do you think that represented? The seven nations that were driven out. Jesus is telling them a messianic healing has just occurred in this place. The proclamation of good news is for all people. And I will proclaim, I am the bread of life for all people. Jesus saying, I'm the bread of life for the people that you like and the ones you don't like. I'm the bread of people for those with you and those against you. I'm for those that are broken, those are hurting, and those are despair. These are my people. Those seven baskets that are 
or for the unclean, unwanted, untrusted nation. And Jesus is making it clear, I'm more than enough for this nation. And I will, I proclaim right here in front of you, I will be everything for this nation. So this is good news. This is the tidings of good joy. You know, sometimes we we cloud the glory of God by withholding our compassion. God has filled us with his glory, which is supposed to flow out from us and represent him. So when we hold back the compassion, we are actually stifling the visible glory of God. You know, we really have to pray sometimes. Well, not sometimes. We have to pray a lot. He reveals those blind spots. You know, my blind spot is blind because I don't see it. So you might see it. And you're saying, oh gosh. See how Chuck just talked to those people? And I don't have any idea how, what I did. And the same thing is in reverse. And so we have to ask the Lord, open my heart. Help me see these blind spots where I lack compassion. And I'm going to tell you, this is going to be a big year for this. We're going to hear a lot of stuff in the news on this side's compassion. This guy's not compassion. They're redefining compassion. We have to get in our own hearts. Who's How are we reflecting the compassion of Christ this year? And I'm going to tell you, it's going to cause us to stretch our boundaries. We're going to get to the point where when God prompts you to give compassion to someone, that you're going to look at that person and go, are you sure about this one, God? That one? And he's going to say, yeah. And so it'll be complicated and difficult. But God says, stand in my perfect will and I'll cascade you with grace. He fills the hungry with good things. You know, I know there's a huge amount to be done in me. Uh, I, I've, and trust me, I, so I hear someone that's got a, a lot of want, needs care and needs concern. And, and I'll look and I go, I'm going to be compassionate. Get a job. Work harder. What's, don't sit there and whine. Do something. And, and, I, and I honestly, when, I, when I've done this in the past especially, I think I'm giving good advice. I mean that they'll be better off when they do this. That's not compassion. That's superiority. That's arrogance. I've got it. You go get it. Not leading you. Not guiding you. Not feeling your pain. And that's exactly what's happened. So now I'm still sometimes do it and then I go, oh, what is that? That didn't go well. At least I'm catching it. You know, I got to hear Jesus say to me, I have compassion for these people. When I see someone, instead of trying to decide how they got in that position, know they're in that position and Jesus has compassion. A whole lot of us decide how they got there. I didn't make that single woman get pregnant and now she's stuck. So what? God loves both the baby and that, that woman more than you'll ever know. 
I didn't cause this to happen or that to happen. It happened. Now it's time to work. You know, sometimes we see God as this angry, impersonal God. Do you realize that the God that Moses saw is the exact same God that the apostles saw in the Decapolis area? They saw the same God using the same words. I will have mercy on who I will have mercy. I will have compassion on who I have compassion. I want you to really think about that because the, the, the God of goodness, the God of mercy, and the God of compassion wants to shine on you today. He really wants to shine on you. Because you may not think this, but God's already made a decision about you and he decided in your favor. He said, I love you. I've already done all the hard stuff. Not only has he done it, it's a historical fact. Jesus lived, died on the cross, rose again, ascended into heaven. He's finished the work for you. So what he's actually asking is, look at the historical fact and treat this as an, a current invitation and just say yes. You've been invited to be with him. So if you say, well, gee, I haven't found Jesus. Jesus found you. He just wanted to know if you want to look up and notice he's standing there. So I'm just going to ask you to let Jesus fill you with his love, his mercy, and compassion to bring healing to you. They'll have an eternal consequence. If you've not said yes to Jesus yet, today's really a perfect, perfect day. Tomorrow's good. Today's perfect. So... I want to right now to ask for the Holy Spirit to come. I, want, I made this a short sermon today. Because I really think we need to spend a little time and ask for the Holy Spirit to come. And ask Him today to reveal to us. So if you would, get it. some people like to stand when they receive the Holy Spirit. Everybody, I, I don't know why, Rick started this, it's his fault. I, I feel much more comfortable when I receive from the Holy Spirit to have my hands in a position like I'm receiving something. That someone's going to lay something in my hands. So if you would, get yourself in position. If you stand, stand. We're going to pray for the Holy Spirit to come. If you've never done this before, if you're new to this church, we expect the Holy Spirit to come when we ask Him. So when we invite the Holy Spirit, we know He's there. Sometimes it comes instantly. Sometimes it takes a little while. And He comes differently for everyone. So we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to come today. We're going to ask, reveal to me my blind spots, Jesus. Let a face come to me where I've walked past without a heart. Let me see someone that you love so deeply that you would die for them that I walk right past without a bat of an eye. Let me see my impatience. Let me see my quickness of my tongue. Let me come to have wisdom, Lord, on what I can do. What are my boundaries? How much I can be. Holy Spirit, come. Lord, I repent right now.
for the people of your, your own children that I've stepped, up, stepped right past. I've seen them in the aisleways. I've seen them in parking lots. I've seen them working behind counters. Father, we just ask for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, move. Come, Holy Spirit. Some of us needed compassion. Has been re- and you've been rebuffed, and you're kind of you might be feeling a, a sense of of maybe disappointment or anger, and we're going to ask you, Lord, come and heal that. Come and heal the times where we desperately need someone to step into step in the gap for us, and no one did. And we're going to ask you, Lord, forgive. And now, Lord, let me never forget that moment so I can turn that the enemy's weapon into a weapon against the enemy. We thank you, Lord. Worship team's about to gather, but we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to continue to search our hearts for places that carry no compassion. We're going to ask that the, that the Lord turns His face to us so we can see the tears in His eyes. The tears that He shed at the, at the graveside of Lazarus, not because of Lazarus, but because he saw the pain in the people. He saw pain in people that brought his tears to him. We ask, Lord, that we can see the same pain that you see, Jesus. That when you see the throngs of people wanting healing, that we, we see them too. And we have compassion and prayer and consoling we'll put our arm around that person and whether you heal or you don't heal they know that they're being loved by you Lord that you send that love through us Father we thank you for this morning for those who are staying today after service for the food drive we're going to ask you Lord that you really make our hearts open for them that we see every face as a person that you created in your image and likeness that you are willing to die for. And that we recognize the same level of value that you placed on them in ourselves. We pray this in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.